right. Welcome to episode 10 of the Walk-On Diaries podcast. A uh, moment of silence for John. Um, he's he's feeling under the weather. He's got a stomach bug. Um, and so let's just take a quick moment of silence for John. Awesome. All right. Get, get well soon, buddy. But instead, we have the new and improved, better version of John. We have... Adikali Andi, did I pronounce that right? Yes, sir. All right, he's here to talk some basketball with us. I'm really pumped. I think everybody knows the first thing we got to talk about what's what's going on with Anthony Davis. What's your whole take on that situation? First of all, thanks for having me on your show. Glad yeah. to fill in for John. Hope he feels better. Um, second of all, Anthony Davis. Yeah, I'm a huge AD fan. I think arguably he's the best big man in the NBA. Uh, sorry to all those Joel all Embiid fans, yeah. but I mean. The man has a glass back. So I, just, <laughs> I, I, I just can't pick him to be my best big man. And especially in the, in the league today, I'd say there are not as many dominant big men as there were early, in the earlier years, like in the mid-2000s. And so I'd say, yeah, like AD is probably the, arguably the best big man. And yeah. then um, kind of sad to see that he wants to leave the Pelicans just because like, I feel like he's just been their star player, the icon, the brow, as they call him there. Just is made that franchise so much better than they've been in the past since maybe like Chris Paul was there. Yeah. And so uh, it's sad to see him go, but I mean, you know, it's his livelihood, like his money, like he wants to go challenge himself somewhere else. So I respect it, but um, yeah, let's see. Um, well, I think like, I mean, like, is, like you touched on it, like he's the face of that franchise, if yeah. not that city. And you think of like Giannis up in Milwaukee, like that's really all they have. Like they don't have much else going for them, yeah. especially New Orleans. I mean, after their Saints got robbed, you know, in that NFC Championship game, like, this is just a really low blow from AD. And, I mean, you can't really blame them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, when they implemented that Supermax thing so that players who were drafted by a team could, like, get paid more money and possibly stay with those smaller market teams, I'm like, like this is the exact situation that that was for. And he's turning down that money to ostensibly go to, a, like, a Boston or an L.A., a bigger market. Mm-hmm. So it's sad for New Orleans, but at the same time, I don't feel like you can really hate on Anthony because mm-hmm. – like he said, he's not really in it for the money. He's in it to win, and like I respect that. There's a lot of guys who would just take the money and run, but like he's look, he's looking for legacy, and I respect that. Yeah, especially I I could definitely see him coming back. It's yeah. not like he's gone forever kind yeah. of thing. Like he's just I could definitely see him like coming back like maybe when he's a little bit older, like like LeBron did. Yeah, the Cavs and just come back. And um, as to where he goes, no one no one really knows. Um. LA's the whole big um, the Lakers, obviously you know the Clippers have cap room, but everyone's like who what, what will the Lakers trade, and my thing is like if he goes to the Lakers, I think they're gonna be worse off Ooh. in my opinion. Ooh, hot take. Just because I mean I feel like that team, that Lakers team, talent wise is worse off mm. than the Pelicans are right now. Wow. I mean I I love LeBron. LeBron's gonna carry you. He's gonna be. Bring you to at least the fifth seed. Yeah. But I just feel like there's less talent overall. I mean, if you put it side by side, I have Drew Holiday. He was our, his first team all defense. Yeah. Better, better. I'd say he's just as good of a passer as uh, Rondo. Rondo. Yeah. Probably better on defensive end. He's bigger. He shoots better. And I have just a, almost a triple double. Probably like 19, like seven, and like six. Yeah. And then that's, he's better than Rondo. Better than Lonzo shooting. For sure. And then, I mean, they have um, 
Julius Randle. They have Julius Randle. Yeah. And he has kind of resurged himself as he's left the Lakers. Yeah. And then Jalen Okafor's been he, playing. Talk about resurgence. <laughs> That's the guy that's resurging right there, yeah. Yeah, like, lights out, like, the last eight games. And if he can stay that way, I mean, he, like, was so dominant. I've watched him play in college. He was so dominant. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he came out, it was just an absolute boss. I was like, why? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I, that's, that's interesting. I think the, the X factor there is LeBron. Like, I mean, Anthony Davis, obviously the best player on his own team. He goes to the Lakers and he's like, he's not going to have everybody guard, like trying to stop only AD. Like, mm-hmm. especially if they're on the court at the same time, they're going to have to worry about, I mean, that's two of the top five players yeah. in the NBA right now on the same court. And so I think the Lakers definitely have to at least try it. Because as it is right now, LeBron and the guys that he has around him, I mean, there's no chance for them to take down the Warriors. Mm-hmm. So I really think that throws a wrench into that whole Western Conference if AD goes to the Lakers. I don't think, in my view, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think the Pelicans' best move is to wait till the summer, wait until the Celtics can give you that best offer. Um, because I really think the best player that you're going to get back is probably a Jason Tatum. Um, and you got to think that he's going to be involved in any deal between Boston and New Orleans, and Boston really wants him bad. Hmm. Um, so if you had to put money on it right now, assuming that the Pelicans wait until summer, who can put together the better package for AD? Would it be the Lakers, Celtics, or maybe a third or fourth team? Let's see. Um, I think if you, if you compare the Lakers and Celtics, the Celtics definitely have more assets yeah. and more proven players right now. Lakers have like some young uh, budding players, I would say. I mean, you have uh, Mo Wagner coming mm-hmm. off the bench. I mean, um, what's his name? Um, There's Zubats. Zubats, yeah. yeah. He's, he's been playing pretty decent as a big man. For sure. And, I mean, Brandon Ingram, he's either going to be Kevin Durant or, like, a poor man's, like, <laughs> slender man. Like, he, he's, <laughs> he's either going to give you 30 or he's going to give you, like, eight. Yep. So, you, you really don't. There's really no in-between. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, Caldwell Pope, he can give you the same amount. Yep. So, um, I definitely say there's better assets on the Celtics team in this aspect of, like, right now. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I mean, I'm excited to see what Jason Tatum is. I think I'm a little bit disappointed with Ingram. You touched on it like it's, I mean, it's either he's all there or he's all not. And it's mm-hmm. the same deal with Andrew Wiggins. Like, he's either going to give you 30 looking like a stud or, mm-hmm. like, he's just going to be completely absent. I saw a tweet today that said, like, Brandon Ingram is either going to be the next Durant or, like, the Chinese League MVP, depending <laughs> on which game you watch him, which is, like, so perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I if I'm the Pelicans, I would I would just wait till summer. I'd get the Celtics. I I'd want Jason Tatum. I think he's going to be a cornerstone for years to come and, you know, unless the Lakers throw in just like everybody and throw in a lot of picks that you can't turn down. I I I see Anthony Davis to the to the Celtics and, until he becomes a free agent, then if he really wants to go to LA, then they leave and I mean, they should have a mid first round pick, right? They're out of the playoffs. The Lakers? No, the, uh, the Pelicans. Are oh. they out of the playoffs right now? I believe they're like, yeah, they have a losing record, so I want to say they're on 10th or 11th in the West. So, yeah, they would get like a 15 or 16 in this yeah. year's draft. I mean, that could be, that's, that could be a steal. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, like, outside of, like, this is a good segue into the drafts, but like, outside of Zion, RJ, and John Morant, Cam Reddish, maybe, there's like, the place between like fifth and like twentieth, like there is no clear cut. Mm-hmm. Like that is just a giant mix. So I agree with you, one hundred percent. Who do you see going number two? I mean, is it a debate? I mean, I'm gonna assume that you're the Zion Williamson number one overall. Is that correct? Um, I think it's a toss up. Really, depending okay. on who gets that one number one pick. Okay. I say if you're a team and you're just like looking at like the overall like spectrum, like hey, Zion is super flashy, hits all these. Things. He's like one generational talent, 
maybe go with Zion. Like, if he's down on the board, take yeah. him. But, like, if you're a team, let's say the Suns. Yep. Suns get the number, point one, guard. number one pick. R.J. Barrett is a 6'7 guard. Yeah. More athletic than Luka Doncic. He gets in his um, – the only, like, problem I'd say is that he gets, like, tunnel, tunnel vision mm-hmm. where he just wants to attack the basket. Yeah. And, I, I mean, if you put him in a backcourt with Devin Booker, that's absolutely filthy. And then Aiton can step up his game actually play defense for a seven foot one guy. Yeah. Then I think they will be pretty sad. Yeah. I just, I mean, the like all I've seen, at least as far as like the Hawks and a couple other teams, like they say that they're always going to choose talent over need. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the Phoenix Suns are a perfect example. Like they have a gluttony of like big man. Like DeAndre Aiden is their is their post of the set of the future. Mm-hmm. And so someone like R.J. Barrett or John Morant. Like, I agree with you. He would be a better fit there for what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, and, like, the way I see it between RJ and Zion for number one overall, like, my pro comp for RJ Barrett would be, like, a Paul George-type ceiling, um, like a slasher who can still shoot it as well once he kind of grows into himself. Mm-hmm. But, like, we have never seen a player like Zion. And, mm-hmm. like, we just don't know what he's going to be. If he's going to be a flameout, if he's going to be a LeBron James, is he going to be just a super athletic guy like a yeah. Jeff Green or a Rudy Gay who's athletic but he's never really a star? Mm-hmm. Um, we just have no idea what's what Zion's going to be. So... Uh, I don't know. We're, I'm interested to see where, where the lottery odds fall because I think the draft order is going to depend a lot on the teams picking at each mm-hmm. spot. Um, so talking college basketball, um, I want to hone in on the SEC because I think a really interesting race is going on right now. If you would have asked people after the first game of the season when Duke, I mean, just bottled up Kentucky, shoved them into the fridge, threw the fridge in the snow, and then just set it on fire... I mean, Kentucky looked lost, and they mm-hmm. looked donezo, and now they've done nothing but winning. Um, but Tennessee is still number one. Who do you see coming as the SEC champion? Um, I think I'm going to go with t- Tennessee. Okay. I know they don't have as many big game wins as um, as top 25 wins against the teams as Kentucky does. But I like Grant Williams a lot and yeah. Admiral Schofield. I mean, they just complement each other so well, and their team is just – they're on a hot streak, and they just play so well together. I mean, yeah. and that Kentucky team, I know they have some veteran leaders on that team, but not that much. Yeah. And they're really inconsistent. I mean, P.J. Washington is pretty inconsistent um, off and on again. And they have uh, Reed Travis. He's huge, yeah. huge guy for them. And, like, Tyler Hero has really stepped up for that team. But I just I, – I really like Tennessee. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head when describing Kentucky is like that inconsistency. And in a sport like college basketball where the postseason tournament is like you take it one game at a time and you have to win, what is it, six, seven straight, and you can't lose once. Like, I mean, Kentucky has one bad game and they're out of it. And I think the thing that I like about Tennessee, yes, they've had some close games against, um, I mean, they took Vanderbilt to OT and I believe South Carolina. South Carolina hung around for a lot of that game before Tennessee eventually pulled away. Um, is like that veteran leadership, like Grant Williams, Schofield. Those are two guys who have been around the block a couple times. Um, they're the leaders of that team. So I, th- I think I agree with you. Tennessee is probably going to win the SEC. They probably have the best chance of of going furthest in the tournament. Um, they're number one overall. Do you think that they're the best team in college basketball right now? Oh, that's tough. Um, I think. The best, the most talented team in college basketball right now, I believe, is Duke. I think they're the most talented team, just 
top to bottom yeah. with those freshmen. I mean, like, even think about, like, Joey Baker is redshirting this year, and he was a top 75 he yeah, was a four that's star. That's insane. <laughs> He's not, <laughs> playing, not playing at that's all this year. That's not fair. And then the class next year is even like they have, I think, two all lead all all Americans right now, uh. and one that got snubbed, and then <laughs> two others that haven't decided yet, but they have Duke on their list. So I, I, I'm, yeah, I think they're the most talented team, but the best team, I was gonna go best team that I've seen play this year. I, I think. Kansas. Okay. But after the losses last yeah. couple of weeks, I I'm gonna have to retract that statement. Yeah. Um, I I I I'd honestly would have to go with either. I'd say either even Virginia after yep. the loss. Virginia yep. just overall. I mean, I know people are like still laughing about them with the UMBC thing, but I mean, Virginia is always gonna be that team that's just there. Yeah, and defense wins championships. That sounds yeah. cliche, but it's true. And I think a lot of people are gonna. You know, as you said, make fun of Virginia so low probably on them because of their loss last year. Um, but we will never see a game like that again in our lifetime. Like, that was a once-in-a-lifetime type thing. And I really think Virginia with his defense, yes, they lost to Duke. Um, but I really think that Virginia is probably – I believe Ken Palm has them number one right now as well. I think Virginia is probably the best team in the country, which goes against my better judgment because everybody knows I'm a Gonzaga fan. Um and we got that big one over Duke, but I, I would def, I'm definitely scared of Virginia going forward because they are just a machine for so, sure. So that pack line defense, the the zone, the two one two, it's it's super hard to teach. And yeah. I mean, I remember I forget I forget which player it was. Um, a, a couple years ago, he's he's gone now. He's graduated, but he said it took him four years to learn oh, the defense just because it's so intricate and it's just very hard as a player to just commit to but once you do it's it's a thing of beauty no doubt no doubt um Audie, you're an indiana fan there are some high hopes from indiana going into this year with romeo langford the savior of the hoosier state going in yeah. what's been going on with them the past couple weeks um yeah so they just had a couple of string of bad losses i mean not against bad teams but just bad losses where they were in games and just kind of shot themselves out of the game i mean the loss to michigan um, they're playing Michigan State this weekend, I believe, and um, they lost to Nebraska by double digits. Um, they lost to Maryland by three. I think the loss, the loss um, from Maryland by three, I think, was just a stretch of like bad losses for um, Indiana. I mean, they should be able to play competitive in the come Big Ten tournament, I believe. I think they make the tournament as probably a, a nine seed or lower. Right there, but um, yeah, Romeo Langford, he's doing well. I mean, I definitely think he can win Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Yeah, he's playing lights out. Uh, just needs to shoot better from the outside, and he's projected to be a top five pick. Really hoping he stays because I mean, we already have a McDonald's All American, Trace Jackson Davis coming in next year, and with the opportunities of getting Trendon Wofford and Keon Brooks also yeah so next year's the year i think i believe yeah i think i mean i think this draft class like i'd be a little bit nervous if i was romeo we talked about like the the degree of separation between pick number five and pick number 20 like it's not inconceivable that he has a bad day of workouts or you know he his team kind of like his team not being super super great is looked at as a negative Mm -hmm. and so he could fall like in some mock drafts of 20 i would not be surprised if he comes back because i think the skill set is there for him to be a top three pick um and I, i saw some drafts coming into this year that had him top five so 
if I'm Romeo, I mean, I'm testing the waters for sure, but mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if he comes back. Yeah, I would love to see him come back one more year. And um, I that that lineup, if we if we get uh, don't want any tampering. But <laughs> if we get Trendon Watford and Keon Brooks, Trendon, if you're listening right now, <laughs> the bag the bag is in Barry College. If you need to pick up the bag, 50k <laughs> in the cage center. <laughs> yeah, uh, just even the other day. Uh, one of our missions counselors was at his high school, and I, I just had to tweet out, please tell Trendon Watford to come. I said, go to Indiana, but if he doesn't want to go to Indiana, come to Barry. Come to well. Barry. Dude, can you imagine? That would be nuts. It would, oh, it would not be fair. Trendon Watford, <laughs> he just broke the uh, the state record for rebounds oh my in a career with over 1,800 rebounds. So I'm uh, very excited to see if he does follow his his brother's footsteps and be a Hoosier. Yeah, that would be nuts. Um, speaking of Barry College basketball, how's your intramural team doing? So, one and zero so far. Okay. Last night we won sixty nine to thirty six. Nice, sixty nine. Nice. <laughs> Had a really fun game. Um, someone asked me, "Did you guys run out the score on purpose?" And we're like, "No, this is just the flow of basketball." <laughs> how good we are! We can't help it. <laughs> we were just having fun. We honestly. Um, I guess I, if we were to describe the way we play, we honestly just flood, run and gun kind of style. Just get out there, push it, and really just find your shooters and just have a lot of fun. And, and it's, it's a blast, the intramurals. Yeah. What's your guys' team name? So our team name is Walter. Okay. And there's a story behind this. Ooh, ooh. So my freshman year, we were the first boys to live up at Clara Hall. Okay. And so instantly we came in the campus, we were like, Claire, Claire is just too too much of a feminine name. <laughs> like we, we had to change it up. So from day one, we decided Walter was going to be the hall, and so all all everyone called it Walter. We had open door policies on my hall, and um, just every everyone embraced it. And so it got to the point where on campus, parents would come in and look at the map and look for Walter Hall. <laughs> could not find Walter Hall and then they would call the school no looking for Walter Hall and being very upset that they can't see their kids. No way. Cause um, <laughs> it honestly didn't, they didn't change it. So I believe my freshman year, it was about eight of us. Cause I, I, I guess I was very instrumental in this. Um, <laughs> eight of us had to um, go and talk to Dean Haida and Dean Haida was like, oh yeah, uh, can we just, relax on the Walter Hall, <laughs> go back to Clara. And so the only way we could kind of keep that nostalgia alive was through intramurals because yeah. they couldn't touch us there. And there you go. I like it. That's a good story. Uh, my Our team name is Tank for Zion for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> we're rocking that B-League 1-0. Um, there's three other teams, and it's round robin, so we play each team twice. We played um, Barty's Army, which is the team of soccer players. I believe we won 38-26. Um, and we were just so out of shape. Like, they started pressing us, and we were so winded, just like basically walking up and down the floor. And they were like soccer players, so they're like conditioned year-round. Mm. Um, and that's the main reason why they were able to stay in it is because we just kind of let them back in it because we were so gassed. Um, but John, who's not with us today, he, he actually ended a man's soul. Um, <laughs> I wish we could have gotten it on video. I wish we could have tweeted out from the Walk on Diaries account um, because John got a steal. He's running up the court, probably from half court, and this soccer dude, this five eight soccer defender, I don't I forgot his name, but he goes and tries to contest him from behind. 
John like slows down and I yell out like dunk it, dunk it, not thinking that he's actually gonna do it. And he does the little trot, goes up, dunks it on the side, two hand slam over the soccer guy that tries to contest it. And like all 20 people in the bleachers just lose their freaking minds. I took off my jersey. I was, everybody was going nuts. And uh, John immediately had to sub out because like how much that took out. He was like so winded after that. Um, but it was worth it. And it was probably the greatest inter basketball moment of all time. So that's the story of Inter-Rails. Um Stay tuned because I really think, I mean, if Walter wins A-League, we, we win B-League, we could have like a little little NBA Finals type uh, deal for Inter-Rails champion of all. I think that'd be interesting for sure. Yeah, um, I'd be down. Just let me let me get my cardio first. That's right. Those, yeah. first, those first three minutes. Really <laughs> we might have to shorten the halves, <laughs> like ten minute halves. Um, okay, next topic I want to talk about is Super Bowl prop bets. So I'm not super into gambling, mostly because I don't have any money to gamble with. Um, but I have this list of ten strangest Super Bowl bets um, that people are gambling on for this upcoming Super Bowl. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you these questions. I'm gonna give you the over under. And I'm going to ask you, which are you taking, all right? Yeah. So this first one, Gladys Knight is singing the national anthem. How long will it take Gladys Knight to sing the national anthem? Over, under, 1 minute, 47 seconds. Ooh. So on average, I'd say that's Yeah, that's the key. I don't know what the average is. Probably like a little under three minutes, I would yeah. say. Okay, so this is pretty short then. So I'd, oh, uh, I'd, I'd go with the over. Over? Just because I feel like she's going to stretch out one of those last notes. Yeah, I think people in the Super Bowl tend to like stretch it out because they feel like they have the stage. I'm going to go over as well. Uh, next question, how many plays will CBS analyst Tony Romo correctly predict before the snap? The over-under is 7.5. So I'm a Patriots fan, and... I'm gonna be honest with you. I love I love the analysis, but I thought that was really really annoying. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah, <laughs> just a little too much. Yeah, it's like oh he's gonna dial it up here. He's he's going outside. If he doesn't throw it to Gonk, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. And I mean I I I'd see it just because uh, Romo had a big tight end Jason Witten. Yeah, him and Tom Brady are pretty similar. So I'm a, I'm gonna go with the over. On over yeah. seven and a half. Yeah, I think. I mean, he definitely had to call over seven and a half in that mm. AFC Championship game. I mean, he probably called eight in the fourth quarter alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be interested to see if he dials it back. But I agree with the Patriots playing again. Like both Tony Romo and Tom Brady have been played a long time. Tony Romo feels like he's in sync with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say probably over as well. Um, next question: How many times will CBS? Well, the CBS television broadcast mentioned Rams coach Sean McVay's age. So the over-under is 1.5. That seems low. <laughs> that seems really low. Because if he wins, I mean, I believe oh, yeah. he'd be the youngest Super Bowl head coach ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, he played in a game with Julian Edelman in college. So I I definitely say it's over. Yeah. I mean, all they have to do is mention it twice, and that's mm. an over. So I'm, I'm over again. Uh, what will the, okay, this one's a little bit more interesting. What will be the jersey number of the player who scores the first touchdown? Ooh. And it's 26. So over under tw- the number 26 on the jersey. Hmm. Um, are we talking about throwing it or receiving it? I think it? it's just, I think it's like Tom Brady would only get it if he himself ran it in. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'd say... I'm going to go with over. Over? Okay. Because I feel like... So who, who do you think is going to score? I think 
for the Rams, I think C.J. Anderson okay. might score the first uh, score. And if we uh, the Pats get it, I believe it's going to be like a run, maybe to Burkhead or yeah. Sonny Michelle. Okay. I would take, I'm going to take the under because, wait, now what number is Todd Gurley? Is he 30 or is he, is he 3? I think Todd Gurley is 3, three. but C.J. Anderson might be 35 or something like okay. that. Okay. I'm going to go with under for the sake of differential because Edelman is 11, mm-hmm. Todd Gurley is 3. I believe both quarterbacks' numbers are under that, so if they were to do it, some mm-hmm. sort of QB sneak or mm-hmm. a fake. Um, Sony Michelle, is he 26 or is he like 28? I think he's 26, okay. and then uh, James White is 28. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to go with under because I feel like the group of Michelle, Gurley, and Edelman, I feel like that's a pretty strong bet. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Gronk, of course, is yeah. over. So I'm still going to go with under, though. All right, so what will <laughs> what will be the color of the liquid poured on the game-winning coach? So option number one, green or yellow. Option two, orange. Option three, red. Next one is clear. Next one is blue. And the final one is purple. So option one is green or yellow combined, and then orange, red, clear, blue, or purple. I think I go with blue. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. knows white, blue, Gatorade. It's undefeated. <laughs> Never lost. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with light blue. Light yeah. Blue. Orange, green. So orange and blue have the best odds. They're both four to one. Um, I'm gonna go with orange because mm. that's just the one that I rec- like recall in my head from Super Bowls past. Um, blue is a strong bet though, especially Patriots. Um, will a non QB throw a touchdown? Yes or no? Um. So the no bet is obviously much more favored. It's like one to four. Let's see. Um, so so no is one to four. Yes is five to two. So I'm gonna go with no uh, okay. simply because I feel like I mean in the Pats playbook specifically, I know they have a couple of plays where Edelman's the QB. Yeah. Because uh, he was a QB at Kent State. Right. But um, I just don't see it happening in the in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Maybe if uh, Belichick is like. Let's just surprise them with something. Yeah. I could see it. But other than that, like, I think they're just going to stick to what they got. And yeah. I don't think it would know on that one. Yeah, I don't think I, – I can't see Belichick doing it. Um, but McVay, you know, he's supposed to be this offensive genius that has this big, giant playbook. But I just don't know who on the Rams would throw it, though. Like, Edelman yeah. is the clear option on the Patriots because he was a quarterback in college. But I don't see anybody on the Rams doing it. So I would say no on that one as well. Um, okay, second to last one. Uh, will either kicker hit the post or crossbar on a missed field goal or extra point attempt? And obviously the no is, I mean, much greater payout I mean, than a yes. But. Two very good kickers in uh, Zerline and um, Gostowski. Mm-hmm. Um, if Gostowski misses, the only way I see it, it's on a PAT, just because um, I know sometimes it can be shaky from there, but... He's been pretty one of the most consistent kickers from um, thirty and out. So yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna go with now. I'm this is gonna be my flyer. I'm gonna say yes just because, I mean because those kickers are so good. I feel like the teams will probably want to kick from further out, and like that just may make it closer. As far as I don't know, I just got a feeling. I got a feeling, and I'm gonna think Zerline is gonna doink it on a fifty yarder probably. All right, last one. What will be the predominant color of Adam Levine's top at the start of the halftime show? Black or any other color? Ooh. Oh. Um. That seems like pretty good odds if it's like black, any other color. But Adam Levine is known for wearing, you know, black shirts a lot. I think. 
Is uh, no shirt an option? I no. Feel, I feel like Levine might. <clears throat> well, he is me. he is Caucasian, so I would think that would fall under any other color. So I yeah, I'd go with any other color on that okay. one. I just feel like he's gonna get into his performance and okay. really lose his mind. All right. For the sake of conflict, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he starts out in black. He might he might go to no shirt later on. I would not be surprised, but. Um, Okay, I want to end with, because John and I, we've had a couple debates about this. We've had a couple of our guests that have phoned in, a couple walk-ons that have voiced opinions on this. Give me your top five um, breakfast foods. Breakfast foods. Yeah. Ooh, that's tough. And um, give me some reasoning behind it. Some reasoning. That's, that's the juicy part right there. Okay, so I'm a huge waffle guy. Yes. Yes. So I am all for waffles over pancakes. Yes. So I'm gonna go with waffles one because I believe I just believe the the syrup to pocket ratio is just, <laughs> it's it's undefeated. I mean yes. you get enough syrup in each individual pocket that's not gonna get soggy. Yeah. And pancakes they get pretty soggy yeah. once just after a little bit of syrup. So. I think that's the biggest thing waffles have going for them is the texture. Like mm. pancakes, it's soggy every time. Waffles they can be crunchy, they can be softer. Mm. You know you can kind of control like. You know, the, the texture of them. So I agree. Waffles for sure. So waffles one. And then two, I'm going to go with some stuffed French toast. Mm. Oh. Gourmet. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I like French toast, but like once you just stuff it with cream on the inside, yeah. it's honestly, it's game over. There's no <laughs> there's no competing with that besides wa- like a really good waffle. Heck yeah. So I'm going to go with that as two. And uh, three, pancakes. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm... Um, Ooh. Pancakes are gonna have to be three for me. Um, okay. Not not just your ordinary pancakes either. I'm talking like a chocolate chip pancake okay, like a or, blueberry, or blueberry, some sort of topping, cinnamon. Some it's gotta be something. It just can't be plain. Right. And four, um, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with bacon. Just yes. Just bacon. Solid. Solid choice. Don't, say no mo. <laughs> say, exactly. Say no mo. You, you don't really need anything with that. Just bacon. <laughs> uh, point blank and period right there. Yeah. And then five. I'm gonna go with the suspense is killing me. I'm gonna go with people are gonna give me flack for this. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the nice toaster strudel. Ooh, John actually did say that. He said he said instead of a toaster strudel though, there was some that was like it was like a breakfast sandwich in a strudel, so it was like bacon and egg inside. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about like the pastry with like the, yeah. the the frosting and stuff? I just remember as a child that was just always my go-to oh, yeah. um, when I ate breakfast and. I just remember the commercials and all the stuff, the toaster strudel. Like any kind of like toaster strudel or those to-go Lego My Ego waffles, if you know what I mean. Like the ones that yes. were like the cinnamon, like small packs yep. and mini circles. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. I just had a That's So Raven Fla- flashback back, in yeah. my mind. Yes. Woo! Those were so good as those a kid. Were good. And I, I don't know if they still have them, but the, that's definitely making my top five. Oh, yeah. You know what that made me think of? That made me think of um, the Yogos. That has yes. nothing to do with breakfast, but yes. we're talking childhood eating eating things. Those yes. Yogos. Yes. Okay. Last question. This is completely different, but I just was thinking about this. Middle child, obviously very popular right now. Mm. Um, who is the best rapper in the game right now? Ooh. Is it J. Cole? Is it Drake? Is it Steven? Steven told me this morning at lunch, he said it was Lil Pump. And I thought he was joking until he wasn't joking. <laughs> well, um, so off that Lil Pump thing, uh, I think he just tweeted re- recently that he was the greatest lyricist of oh, all God. time. Oh, God. So I'm going to have to <laughs> hard pass on that one. I, I love Lil Pump. I love his beats. Um, 
I think for what he does, he's very good at it. I mean, uh, I think that's the whole point about him rapping. I, I, yeah. I don't think it's about the lyrics. No, I think it's just it's about, about the, the vibe, yeah, yep. the beat. But um, I, would, I, big J Cole guy. Um, like J Cole. Um, Kendrick is up there too. I think it's. Yep. I'm gonna say it's a three way tie between J Cole, Kendrick, and Drake. Okay. Just simply because Drake, any feature with Drake, and you're winning. Yep. And he just produces so many hits. Yep. And just thinking about it the other day, I was talking to someone like the first Drake song I ever heard was like in 2008. Yeah. And that's he's only, still going strong. Still going strong. Yeah. Only 11 years ago, and and you think about how much music he's put out since then, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Kendrick really with uh, Damn and just where's he been? Like where he's been? He's been absent for a little bit. Now. I think he's working on Damn too. Okay. That's what I think. So um, I think maybe he's pushing out an album with J Cole. There's been rumors. For yeah. like the last three years, that something that would be that unreal would happen with those two guys, and then I I love Kendrick and J Cole just because they tell a story. Yep. And um, there's really some real substance to them. And uh, my sleeper for that is I'm a I'm a really big Logic guy. Okay. Yeah. Got my Logic hoodie yep. on right now. Okay. Um, Keanu Reeves. I that that's that's doing well in rap caviar right now. Yeah, I know people give him crap just just because of oh he's just uh biracial rapper like <laughs> blah, blah, blah. but like when you look at him he's probably one of the best lyricists yep. in terms of just quality lyrics in the game today i agree and i like him a lot and another one that someone really silly put me on juice world yeah i i love his freestyles i've never seen someone just so innovative off the top of his head um just flowing and going and yeah if you haven't listened to him i'd definitely go listen to one of his freestyles it's I it's think he's among the best and like kind of bridging the gap. Like there's this great divide between like the lyricist, you're talking about J. Cole. Um, Drake does a good job of bridging beats and lyrics as well. But mm-hmm. J. Cole, Kendrick, and then on the other side you've got like the Lil Pump, um, like the Migos, like mm-hmm. the guys who are there for the beats, they're there for the vibe. I think Juice World is really bridging that gap because he's kind of got like that new age, angsty mm-hmm. kind of offbeat type of beats to him that it still are good. But like you said, like he's he's pretty good off the top of his head. I listen to too many of his freestyles, but I'm just thinking like of his popular hits. Like they're definitely they're definitely like the best of both worlds as far as like old age, new age rap. Exactly. Like I you could go show uh, one of Juice World's songs to someone maybe uh, later fifties, um, or, or or older, yeah, and they'll understand every single word of the song, and they'll be like, "Wow, he's really going through a lot right now." Yeah. Like, all these zannies and pills. Yeah, he, needs like, a, he needs some help. Yeah, they'll be like, "Oh, he needs some help." But like, they'll understand every single word, and the fact that if you tell them that that was a freestyle, yeah, <laughs> I feel like they they would like him a lot. Yeah. All right, Audi. Thanks so much for coming on, dude. This was thanks, a lot of dude, fun. It was fun. I had a blast. Yeah, yeah. All right. This was episode ten of the Walk On Diaries podcast. We're going to put this one up on SoundCloud. Um, we're probably going to try to move away from Podbean just because it makes you download the app. Um, but we will also now be found on vikingfusion.com to make us more accessible to Barry College students. So be on the lookout for that. Subscribe on SoundCloud. If you're an Apple user, we're still going to be on iTunes. So subscribe on iTunes. And uh, that's our show. See you next week.